all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a movie podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks like frozen tater tots. Frozen, specifically, tater tots. As always, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Malhorn. David, how you doing? You feeling like yourself today? I, I think I got a parasite. Oh, God. It's going around. It is. It's going around. You've actually done a couple of, of these. We've done a couple of these episodes where we've legitimately had paras- some, kind of, <laughs> some kind of parasite in us. Yes. Uh, but this, fortunately, this episode, we are feeling 100%. And that's good because we're talking about a movie about a parasite. We're talking about Venom. Venom, one of, one of the two big movies to come out this last weekend, the other of which Star is Born, which we will be doing an Oscar Primer episode on. So so definitely keep your eye out for that one. But this one, Venom, directed by Ruben Fleischer of Zombieland fame, 30 Minutes or Less, the not very good Gangster Squad, uh, and starring, frankly, a murderer's row of talent. Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmed. Uh, you get Jenny Slate, Reed Scott, if you're familiar with uh, their television comedies. Obviously, Jenny Slate from Saturday Night Live and uh, Reed Scott from Veep. Um, and some other people popping in there as well. Um, before we get into the history, because I know you did a lot of research with Venom. And, and and there are some people, if they know the Spider-Man history, they know Venom but before I even get into the history of it, I wanted to know, are you like a, would you say you're a fan of Venom? Do you find Venom interesting at all as a character? Because apparently there's this whole contingent of fans out there who just think Venom is the most badass thing in the world. Well, I think Venom has always been kind of that uh, cult character. Like a, yeah. like a gambit in X-Men. Like he's definitely not the big name that everybody thinks of, but like he's got like this cult following behind he's him. He's like the Boba Fett. Um, Boba like- Fett in Star Wars. So I think there is like this cult following behind it. I think he also kind of looks cool. You know, people like that different look of that, you know, black suit, even though it's not really a suit. Um, right. And kind of that anti-hero look to him. And so I think... Uh, he's just an easy character, I think, as you're a kid to kind of gravitate to the look of him, not necessarily the character, sure. but like an action figure, like looks he's pretty sweet. And he's like, got all the that. teeth. Yeah, he's exactly. He's got the tongue. He looks gro- like he looks gnarly because I was never I don't give a shit about Venom. Like, I really I don't care. But were you that into the Spider-Man series as a whole? No, no. I mean, certainly themselves? not as a kid. Yeah, sure. But like to me, Venom is basically turned into the Punisher with Spider-Man powers. Okay. And I think that that's pretty accurate. I think that he follows the color scheme pretty pretty closely. Um, I think that his general uh, philosophies, if you will, are pretty similar. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't that big into Venom coming in here. But I, I mean, as you said, you know, he's got a history. Obviously, he started as a nemesis. Right. He started yes. as going all the way back to I think it's the Secret Wars comic book storyline 
where Spider-Man is good. They go into space, Avengers and all that shit. They go into space and Spider-Man picks up the, the how do we pronounce it? The symbiote. 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 In the trailer, Jenny Slate says symbiote. And it's mm-hmm. is very upsetting. So I'm <laughs> glad to say that they changed that to symbiote because that just seems smoother. And that's what gave, like you said, that's what gave Spidey his black costume. And he was gnarly. He was all black with the white spider. But then that turned into its own storyline where he left Spider-Man, connected to Eddie Brock, um, and became Venom. And he's the, the, the symbiote has, in the comics, traveled to a number of hosts... Um, you said there was eight. Yeah, I counted eight. So there's like four or five like famous ones. Like one of the other famous ones, people who have seen any Spider-Mans in that would mm-hmm. probably remember would be Flash. Flash's oh the bully uh, Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he at one point was a Venom. Interesting. Uh, and then there's about three or four others. I can't remember the names right off the top of my head. Sure. And then I know we've had a female one. At one point, so but yeah, in in total counting Spider-Man, right. Peter Parker being having Venom, uh, there's been eight total, and that's the speci- and that's the specific um, Venom symbiote because I Correct. believe there was another stat that I saw, and I don't know if you grabbed this one or not. There's another stat that in the comics there have been like thirty of them, and we get a glimpse at some of them in this movie because this movie pulls from two major sort of Venom storylines. And one is called um, the uh, Lethal Protector storyline. And another is, I think it's called Planet Venom. Or it's another one of those storylines that kind of is, it has to do with a bunch of the different symbiotes kind of getting out um, and doing doing their thing pretty much. Um, but what else we got? What, what else we got in terms of give us a little bit more breakdown of Venom as the character? Because I know, like you said, you're a resident historian, a resident statistician. You put in the work. Yeah. So what else can you tell us about this this character that I didn't well, really care about? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> the the biggest one that I think a lot of people maybe don't know if, if you didn't read the comics a ton, which would be that. Actually, a lot of Venom's time, and it kind of comes out in the movie here, uh, a lot of people think of him as, you know, a, a bad guy, basically. Right. Uh, which really, he's kind of more of like an anti-hero, I would say, slash vigilante, like a lot of our comic book characters. Just the only difference is, is he has a beef with Spider-Man. So gotcha. they're always battling, but he's not actually like, you know, despite what you see in the trailers, not always trying to eat people and, like and do different crazy things like criminal that. Shit. He's actually, you know, trying to protect humans and things like that. So Interesting. Um, he's got kind of a hero side to him. Um, as far as kind of Venom in the movies, um, if you guys go back to Spider-Man 3, uh, we had Eddie Brock, which was played by Topher, Topher Grace. Yes. Everybody's favorite movie. Real uh, different take on the character. A lot different. So in that in that movie, Eddie Brock was like a rival of Peter Parker. Like yeah. they were both photographers, uh, and they were rivals. Uh, we, and it was a mirror image too. And like, we and we get the storyline of the symbiote initially going to Peter Parker. That's right. when we got emo Peter Parker. Emo dance on the street. Emo dance on the street. Jazz hands Peter Parker. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, okay. <laughs> thankfully, Peter Parker's rejected the 
sure. symbiote and it went to Topher Grace and we got kind of our classic storyline of those two battling. Right. Uh, then we moved into uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the uh, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Yep. We didn't have an Eddie Brock that we ended up seeing on screen. Right. Uh, it was planned. But we ended at two kind of abruptly. <laughs> yep. Um, well, that gets into a much larger conversation. And that's Sony about for Sony. you. Yeah. Um, but we do see like an article that details the capture of uh, Cletus Cassidy in one of the in the newspaper. Oh, really? Okay. So we see that, and it's written by Eddie Brock. It shows that it was written by Eddie Brock. Interesting. And then you also see the symbiote in a scene when they're in Oscorp. I don't know if you remember that scene when you see like. Uh, Vultures, wings, yeah, they're setting and like a bunch of that. All these villains are coming from Oscorp, kind of thing. Exactly. So uh, that's uh, that scene in that you'll you see it very briefly. It's easy to miss it, but it was in there. Okay. Um, almost teasing what was to come, but then obviously we know nothing ever came from that. Yeah. There was around the same time, the same year that Amazing Spider-Man Two came out. There was a spinoff planned. Uh, with Venom, it was going to be called Venom Carnage, and then there was going to be Sinister Six. Right. Uh, but both of those were canceled before canceled really going anywhere. Because Sony doesn't know, and we'll get into this. Well, and those were partly canceled because of the whole rumored purchase by Marvel, too. It was like... Well, there was a big leak. There was, I mean, lest we forget, lots of things. <laughs> there was the leak that had all of the internal emails released and... Yep. North Korea and the interview. And then we kind of <laughs> just saw kind of just like laid out in front of the public how inept and disconnected from these characters. Yeah, the court, the court of public opinion was not friendly to was uh, not friendly. Sony. And so then they did a full blown like we're going to go to Marvel and we're going to get help with Spider-Man. Marvel, will you please help us with Spider-Man? And Marvel's like, sure, you <laughs> You screwed this character up so badly that we are happy to come in and help you push Spider-Man in the right direction as long as you let us use Spider-Man in our Marvel movies and we'll even give you a taste of our Marvel characters in your Sony movies. And that was really it. Marvel, I don't think, really got any money um, out of like Spider-Man Homecoming. No. If I remember the deal correctly. And before we get into our thoughts for the film... This feels like Sony yet again, just like it feels like Sony's like, I need to go to rehab. I got a problem. I don't know what I'm doing. And and Marvel like sent them to rehab, put them through rehab, and then they got out of rehab and they just relapsed. Well, I think part of the problem was, too, there was already so many different times where a Venom movie had been planned. They had gone partially down the path with that. Right. Uh, and then you had and, and I never found like any like concrete evidence of it. But there was the whole rumor of that Tom Hardy just really wanted to play Venom. Like sure. He was a big fan of the Venom character and just really wanted to, right. to play him. Apparently it was his kid who was the big fan. Yeah. And, and he wanted to make a movie that his kid could see. Exactly. So he made this movie. So this movie of all things. I don't know how things. old his kid is. Um, and, and at one point this movie was rumored. Like all along through the early pre-production, it was rumored this was going to be a rated R sure. uh, movie. Which, I mean, going back to the big, 90s. Which like, is a big deal because we've really only gotten a couple rated R. Other than Deadpool and Logan, we really haven't gotten any right. s- rated R superhero movies. No, you get Logan and you get Deadpool. And then there was just these rumors of like, well, Venom is Venom. 
like we could go R-rated and then it feels like they pulled back at the last second because they wanted to leave. Everybody's been talking about how like this movie isn't in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is in Sony's own little Sony Spider-Man universe. I think they're actually calling it that. They're actually calling it something to the effect of like fucking Sony's Spider-Man universe or some nonsense like that. But the interesting thing in this movie is that there's never been a direct there's nothing that happens in this movie and not getting into spoilers too much but there's nothing that happens or that's come of this movie that's directly conflicted anything that's happening in Spider-Man Homecoming. Like there's nothing conflicting. And 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 to that point um a lot of people may not realize this either because I think a lot of times people just assume it's where Spider-Man is. This movie takes place in San Francisco. Right. Not in New York. So if anything it's where Ant-Man is. Exactly. <laughs> But like, yeah, you're right. Like this, this film doesn't, I mean, it's, I don't think without getting into any plot details, I don't think that it's a spoiler to say that this movie does nothing to refute anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it also does nothing to connect it. Which I will say is, is, as dumb as Sony is, the one thing (laughs) that I will say though, and and it's probably was Marvel influenced. I think what they did with this movie, and again, we're not getting into spoilers yet, but what they did with this movie is they left the door open for if it turns out to be just like a huge success right. or at least Tom Car- uh, Tom Hardy's portrayal of Venom, the character, becomes such a huge success, they have that flexibility where they could pull him in if they wanted, uh, to. If they wanted to. I don't... I mean, it's doubtful that that's going to happen, right. but they did it in a manner that left their options open. Right. Well, there's... I think there's bigger questions to ask for spoilers, but before we get into spoilers, let's talk about the film and and how we enjoyed it in general. Um, And I think the first thing that I want to say is that this is not a good film. Like there is, this is not a great film. Like there are things that are objectively wrong with this movie. I think this movie feels very dated. This movie feels like it could have came back. It could have came out in 2003 or 2005. Like, it feels very old-fashioned in a way that where I don't necessarily mean old-fashioned as a good thing. Just kind of its general aesthetic feels very old-fashioned. The plot, there's really not much other than lead actor deals with this. It's very. It feels very much like Ghost Rider. Like, lead actor deals with this thing that's inside of him that's this superpower and tries to save the world. Like, it's very, very simple in that regard. And I think that the characters are all super thin. Like, the, there's really not a lot of depth. Well, it, 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 to me, it felt like a standalone movie to some point, other than stuff that happens at the end that we'll talk about in spoilers. Sure. It and it felt, is. It felt like a movie that wasn't, because we're so used to or we're so programmed now with Marvel right. and, and superheroes in general of, like, we're trying to find, like, Easter eggs to like the next movie or we're trying to see how this, you know, fits into the puzzle of this overall infinity war, you know, sure storyline. And this is the first superhero movie in a while where it's not like, you know, how's this going to work into the next one? We don't know what's next. Sure. And so it's weird and it does almost feel like you're in a Go in a time capsule back to the early 2000s, the 90s. Going all the way back to the Eminem song at the end credits. It's yeah. like, wait, what? 
but it, it does feel that way because the the future is uncertain. We're used, we've been spoiled for this last 10 years. And, and if you like that, um, of knowing exactly the order of what the next movies are going to sure. be. And we don't have that right now. Sure. So I think it's it's just a different situation to be in. I don't necessarily think it's bad. It just feels completely different to what we've been programmed in the last like 18 movies we've right. seen involving superheroes. I think that's a great point because what Marvel and to a certain extent DC have done and what franchise building has become has basically become episodic storytelling. Your Star Wars films, things like that have been all about till the next adventure. They're They're almost like the old school serials where it's, Tune in next time. You know, there is a continuing yeah. Iron story. Man will return exactly. in Iron Man 2. These or... are less so movies as and more so episodes. Mm-hmm. This is the next Marvel episode, right? And Venom is very much a movie. Like, it is its yeah. own movie. And for all of those negative things that I said, I've had... A lot of fun with this weird ass movie. <laughs> and I was really surprised. Now, I came in with low expectations, which is very rare for me. Um, usually I'm pretty jazzed to see whatever movie that I'm seeing. But everything about this movie was a red flag. It just seemed weird. It just seemed like, uh, like so again, Sony. Like, well, what are you doing? It starts out with the first trailer that we got. And I know you have strong feelings about the first trailer that we got for Venom. I hated it. Which, which had gives no venom you in zero it. Venom. Yeah. I do think to some point you, you, they were kind of in a bind there because when your lead character or when your, for lack of a better term, main event of a movie is CGI. Right. Like, do you give away that right out the gate sure. and show people exactly what? things are going to look like a fair point so i kind of got it a little bit and it, and before that last trailer came out i mean before we got to the movie we saw venom Venom's in the, in the trailer movie. and and things like that so i think you got to that point but right. it was weird in in the marketing of it it um, was it gave it also gave some it also gave like i mean we're in the age of fake news now where anybody mm-hmm. can come out and say anything and it gave people the ability, because I had read some rumors that this move, this Venom movie, would only have Venom in the final act. Sure. A- and and that's not true. Nope. You know. Spoiler. Um. Spo- spoilers. <laughs> Venom's in the movie. I hate to break it to y'all. Sorry to spoil it. Um. So yeah. So uh, it 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 feels like. I mean, again. It feels old fashioned. It feels like a throwback, and I mean that in both the positive and the negative ways. Because there's nothing wrong with having these individual adventures and these individual movies. It's just like you said. We've been programmed over the past decade to expect this episodic storytelling from these big franchises. This just isn't it. This is a one-shot. Well, and I think to some point, like I said earlier, I think, and maybe I'm giving Sony too much credit. but I (laughs) Maybe. I think to some point, I think they kept it very capsulized from the standpoint of we don't want to screw up anything that we've got going well sure. with Spider-Man. Everybody, if this movie bombs. Everybody really enjoys Tom Holland. They enjoy uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. That uh-huh. was all a great success. We don't want to tie into that and potentially taint that, what we have going well. Right. Um, 
But at the same time, this is something we've been wanting to do for a long time. It's <laughs> got a great cult following behind Venom. And I mean, it made have... it made the most money any movie's ever made in October last night. Yeah, it made ten million on Thursday previews. Yeah, so and it's gonna win. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, the weekend will be over. But it's gonna win the weekend. Absolutely. Um, it might it might break sixty million. It might go higher than that. And not for nothing. They had a massive, massive movie star chomping at the bit to do this. Absolutely. Which, say what you want, when you have someone that wants to play a role, it, it comes out in the movie. Right. To, to me, at least. When you when you can tell that this is a passion project for an actor, like the movie may suck, but you can tell that that person delivers. And 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 that's getting a little ahead because I know we want to talk about kind of the casting because there's a lot of thoughts on that. Or right. at least I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> but what do you think about the story as a whole? Do you feel like, uh, I know you mentioned that there's a lot of issues with it, but yeah. without getting into spoilers, um, kind of the generic, what you see in the preview, I'll yeah. kind of tee up for you and you can go into that, Sure. is we basically see our lead character, Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock, yep. uh, at some point in this film, gets Venom. Gets the Venom the symbiote, symbiote. Connects with him. And from the trailer, basically, we see is how he's dealing with that and right. how that character is doing it. We see what believes to be the antagonist of... Um, Carlton Drake. Carlton Drake. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed's character. He's he's playing with the symbiotes. He's, he's the doing one that some nefarious shit. Found these, however he found these, right. and is is doing something with them. And right. so um, that kind of whole plot, it doesn't play into anything related to Spider Man. Um, so not we have a, no tie in to Spider Man. Uh, but how how did you feel about the overall plot? And and getting into light spoilers, and it's not spoilers too much. You have the whole back and forth of he's a broken man who you know, was broken right. up with by his, his fiance and, and we're basically, it's basically a, a loner movie from there on. Yeah. I mean, there's leaps. The thing is, is that there's big leaps. There's big plot holes. There's big question marks. There's question marks about how he conducts himself as a reporter. There's question marks about how Riz Ahmed conducts himself as a businessman. Essentially the plot itself is a wet blanket. It's like, it doesn't matter to me. It, it was, it was old fashioned. It's I'm the bad guy and I want to destroy the world to rebuild it or some bullshit. Like that's some, gen that's generic. And, and the thing is, is again, I think that is as much of a throwback as it is. We have gotten so many deeper superhero movies and that's why i get upset about people who say that every superhero movie is the same because we go from the the socially aware film of black panther to the western parable rated r logan to the massive galactic epic of infinity war to one to wonder woman a world war one movie these are all movies that deal with very different issues in very different ways this is your generic ass superhero plot movie but what makes it interesting is the relationship between Tom Hardy and the symbiote. Like that's what that's what wins this movie. But the plot itself is a nothing burger to me. It's Yeah, well, and I think that comes back to, you know, not to to beat a dead horse on this, but I think that comes back to the fact that 
this is a standalone movie. Right. Like, it's not trying to set up a sequel necessarily. It's not benefiting from spinning off of an already seen movie. So they have to do a lot in the two hours that they have. Sure. They have to give you a backstory to the bad guy. they got to give you a backstory to Venom and Tom Hardy's character. Right. And they've got to find a way to balance that while also making the most of what people came to see, which is Venom. Venom. And so I think from that standpoint, it is a throwback because it's not what we're getting anymore, whether no. it be the Netflix superheroes that we get where we get, you know, 8, 12, 13, 15 hours worth of stuff that develops right. these characters or the Marvel Universe where we get 17, 18, 19 movies um, where we can develop and we don't have to jump to those really cool fight scenes right in, in movie one. Because we're building the foundation of this character and we know we're going to have them for a bunch more movies sure. and we can wait for those really cool uh, action sequences and, and fights and that in those later movies. So it did take a lot of leaps for me, um, but this was the, and that kind of leads us into the cast. This right. movie was all about Tom Hardy at the end of the day. This is all about Tom Hardy. You will enjoy or not enjoy this movie based off of how you felt. Tom Hardy was in this film, percent. in my opinion. I agree 100%. And the crazy thing is, is like, again, like this movie looks weird, but, and, and the trailers made it look weird. And this movie is extremely weird. And that's one of the reasons I respect it. And one of the reasons that I actually had a, a lot of fun with it, because it lets its cast do weird shit. And Tom Hardy is 110% committed to what he is doing. And that bleeds into the audience like mm -hmm. when you get somebody who is so physically into it and not just from like a dramatic standpoint or an action standpoint but also from a comedic standpoint too there are parts of this film that are very very funny yeah absolutely and Tom Hardy is so gifted as a physical performer playing Eddie Brock as a guy who's like terrified and confused at this thing living in him but also kind of like this is also kind of badass and stuff like that, like, he plays it so well. Like, this is one of those those performances. I've heard it I've heard it compared to Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. I've heard it compared to Bruce Campbell in the original Evil Dead, or Evil Dead 2, more accurately, where it is just ratcheted up. Like, he's going for it. And that wins a lot of the movie. Like, that is what won me over. Like, yeah. his dialogue with Venom, and he recorded his own lines with Venom as Venom in pre-production, and then actually had acted against his own dialogue, it oddly works. Like, it shouldn't work. It works. By, by far the best part of the movie is anytime Tom Hardy is interacting with Venom is by far, in my opinion, the like best Venom's part. Like, Venom's kind of a smartass, and I, I'm like, I'm into it. Yep. <laughs> I'm into it. On the other end of the spectrum... All respect to her as an actress. Every, everyone else. <laughs> All respect to her as an actress. Michelle Williams probably wasn't needed in this movie as an actress of her caliber. Here's the because thing. I'll let you finish. Go ahead. She looks like she doesn't really care to be there, in my opinion. Okay. I, it's, it's one of those things where like, there's zero memorable about her performance. And eh. it... it and at the end of the day, I'd say there's at least one memorable part of her performance. Okay, maybe. <laughs> but again, there's nothing that like I feel like like anybody could have been in that role. Sure. Like you have a you have someone like Michelle Williams in there. Like 
I feel like four time Oscar nominee. Exactly. And so I guess I just expected more versus like this one felt like a paycheck type of movie for me. Sure. Um, same thing with Riz Ahmed. Like Riz Ahmed's a really great actor. He's nominated actor. He's gotten all types of accolades and stuff. Nightcrawler, the night of. And he's both his character and Michelle Williams' character are essentially the second and third leads of this film, and they're not really characters. Like Michelle Williams is the f- former flame, and Riz Ahmed is the bad guy. That's about as deep as those characters get. Yeah. And and neither of them do anything to necessarily fully endear themselves to you from this like love interest standpoint, sure, or fully make you hate them, right? From uh from a bad guy situation. I mean, obviously there's things in there that sure are messed up that the bad guy does, yeah. but that Riz does. But at the end of the day, it's not like, you know, you, his performance is just one that you're like, Oh, he was so good in that. Here's the thing. I love that. They're both in this movie. Like I love that this movie is pop packed with people who have could and should be doing better things. Um, because like, as great as Michelle Williams is, like, what's her filmography? Like, what are the last movies that she's done? Like, you look at her filmography, you look at her credits, and, like, you look at what she's been doing, and there's no reason for Venom to be on here. Like, she's in All the Money in the World. She's in Greatest Showman. She's in Manchester by the Sea. She does, like, like a franchise movie every five years. Like she was in Oz the Great and Powerful in 2013, right? I love that she's in this because I can almost, even though she doesn't have a lot to do, I can see she's at least having fun. And to me, it's fun that I don't have to see Michelle Williams on the screen and feel like emotionally under assault, right? And the same thing with Riz Ahmed. Like Riz Ahmed's got a ton of stuff going on. And I actually liked his character just a smidge, and I'm probably reaching here, and that's fine, right? But I like that Riz Ahmed played this bad guy as this wide-eyed, like, we're going to do great things, like, we're going to do great things, like, this is great. Even all the way, like, there's something about Riz as an actor. Like, he's just got these big, kind eyes, and he's got a face that is just a kind face. And there was something interesting about him playing the villain, to me. Um, I love the fact that they you have these huge Oscar caliber actors in this weird ass little movie. This I, I don't want to call it little, but this weird ass comic book movie. Now, are their characters thin? One hundred percent. Do they have a lot to do? Not really. But there's just something about the fact that they're I, in this movie that's a triumph. And I'll agree with Riz, but Michelle Williams to me, even with what she was given from a character standpoint, I feel like could have done better in that role probably it's a weird it didn't feel like this was her giving 110 percent and and maybe it's because you're contrasting both of these characters to what tom hardy's doing on screen (laughs) which is giving absolutely everything taking whatever percentages they're not giving and putting it towards then you see someone who's going like 60 percent for what they're capable of right from an acting standpoint so that's that's probably more it than anything um but i guess uh, so we can get into spoilers um my overall popcorn rating for this i actually probably am higher on it than than probably most i okay Um, i'm i'm four out of five me too so i mean again 
and this may be come down to expectations because this may be better than other movies that I've given three to. Yeah. But I came in with very low expectations and I walked away really enjoying the time that I spent watching this movie, even though I watched it at 11 p.m. after getting in town from the East Coast. Yeah. And was struggling to stay awake at times. I want I will see more of Venom. I will see more of Tom Hardy and Venom doing their thing like I'm in. Oddly enough, I'm giving it four popcorns as well. And remember, just just in case you this is your first time listening, our popcorn ratings, we have one to five popcorns. Burnt popcorn means you should avoid it. Stale popcorn means like save it for free, like get it on a red box or, or stream it. Uh, microwave popcorn means kind of do what you want. You're not going to waste money going to the theater, but you're also not going to miss out by waiting. Movie theater popcorn means you should probably go see this in the movie theater. Like there are interesting parts enough about this movie for you to go spend time watching it on the big screen. And then perfect popcorn is go see it immediately as soon as possible. And I think this falls underneath uh, movie theater popcorn. I think there's enough weird shit happening in this. And I think Tom Hardy's, so interesting at what he's like again he's going for it and that relationship between him and the symbiote is just so interesting and and odd and oddly endearing um that it's worth it absolutely so yeah four popcorns for both inexplicably <laughs> i don't know um, how but i don't know how up. either um but yeah i really enjoyed it um and so before we talk about spoilers more obviously uh i want everybody to remember that you can get this podcast delivered to you for free to wherever you're listening your smartphone your your device whatever device that you're you're listening to hit that subscribe button give us a rating give us five stars whatever it may be share us with your friends we want to grow the popcorn diet community we want to get in as many good buddies good movie buddies as possible we want you to be a part of it so definitely like rate and subscribe you can find all of our recent articles and our recent episodes on our website popcorndietpodcast.com and then last but certainly not least make sure to follow us on social media on twitter on facebook on instagram at the popcorn diet let's talk about spoilers um i actually kind of wanted to continue on with the conversation about michelle williams because i i don't disagree but like we get she venom in this movie and michelle williams has the venom symbiote and it's sexy venom and it's fucking weird for like 15 seconds for 15 se- well she kills she kills trees like the main henchman I agree. Bites his damn head off. Sure. And then makes out with Tom Hardy and passes the Venom symbiote back to him. That is fucking crazy. I agree. That that happens. And the fact that four-time Academy Award winner Michelle Williams is doing that scene is amazing to me. Well, she's doing like the kiss part of this scene. Yeah, maybe she's doing the motion capture. You don't know. Maybe she's doing the the, the voice work. You know, there's no voice work when in that scene. There was when, the, he, there, when she's in the suit. There was the Lady Venom voice, where she's I, like, I "Hi, Eddie," and I'm like, "That's disturbingly kind of hot." Like, I don't like this. I don't like what's happening. Um, but yeah, I definitely I wanted to mention that because I thought that because there's a lot of people were putting on Twitter like Tom Hardy and Venom make out. And that's yes, that's kind of true, but it's yeah, it's it's not what they're. It's got an asterisk next to it. Um, no, I think if if we want to kind of wrap up the whole Michelle Williams topic, <laughs> I think the the issue was, I felt like if we're looking at this movie and if we're looking at some of the issues that we had from a like plot holes 
standpoint. Uh-huh. If we're talking about areas that could have been developed more, um, I think we needed more Riot in the movie. I agree. Like Riot the, was it was basically carnage. Like, yeah. So and and for those of you who haven't seen it that are listening to the spoilers. Riot obviously being one of the um, one of the other symbiotes. The, uh, one of the other symbiotes, the one that uh oh, what's his name? Takes Characters. over Carlton Drake. Carlton Drake. Which has um, its own weird, creepy little like it starts in Malaysia. It's it it possesses an astronaut yeah, it, who's actually J. Jonah Jameson's son. <laughs> um and then possesses goes into a the paramedic. Paramedic, then possesses an old lady. Old lady. Then possesses a little girl, which is kind of fucked up for this movie. It was. And then gets Carlton Drake. And it's yep. basically gray, silver, venom, carnage style, which made it really hard to kind of figure out who was who when they were fighting at the end. Exactly. Um, but I agree. They're just all you got was the the final scene, which maybe that was the erroneously leaked uh, part about you only get to see Venom at the end. Was maybe, maybe it was you only get to see Riot at the end eh, that's because a good you point. you don't get Riot till the very end. Um, that being said, you know if you if we wanted more of that, if we wanted more to um, the Venom Tom Hardy interaction in that, to me the easiest thing to cut, or even if you wanted more building up. Uh, the the bad guy in right. this, even if you wanted more of that, the easiest thing to cut was there was a lot dedicated to the Michelle Williams storyline, the breakup storyline, all of that. Which don't get me wrong, I actually enjoyed aspects of it, especially with the the new boyfriend, and I'm blanking on his the, name in the movie. The Doc, Do- yeah, I the think doctor. His, name, his name's like Dan. He uh, always plays somebody named yeah, Dan. Yeah, Reed Scott plays the character. Um, he but I actually a- enjoyed that. I thought that whole storyline was really funny and that, you know, Dr. Dan was a fan of of her ex. Like, I like and, that. I like when they put a, a new boyfriend character in and he's not an absolute dick. Yeah. Like, that's interesting to me. Like, well, he's a even, valuable part of the story. Even Eddie Brock wasn't a, a dick to him. Like, yeah. Normally right. there's that whole whole. Oh, whole I'm a dude there. and you. Yeah. yeah I got so you. I, I, I enjoyed that part of the storyline. But if you're. If you're going to take away from anything, to me, that's where you take away. But the problem is you're in a pickle in that we can't take more screen time away from Oscar-nominated Michelle Williams. It's true. So we got to give her her time because otherwise we're wasting her in this film. Can't. But we can't make this movie two and a half hours because no one's going to want to go through a two and a half hour Venom movie. Right. So I think that was kind of the bind that they movie? were in. It's just under two hours. Okay. It's like a minute that's, or an hour 52 or that's something. That's about right. So... Uh, but that's kind of where I was at with Michelle Williams. I think I was just expecting her to have a more meaningful sure. role. And and don't get me wrong. She has very meaningful moments in this. Yeah. And she's the driving force be- behind a lot of what Eddie Brock and Tom Hardy's character mm-hmm. is doing. And obviously she has the connection to uh, what's the name of the company? Um, the Life Foundation. The Life Foundation. Which feels go. like a weird name. That's one of the things I didn't like about this movie. If you want to go into the likes and dislikes. Um, I disliked everything about the Life Foundation. I thought a lot of it was missed opportunity bullshit. Um, this movie, this movie introduces us to four symbiotes and wastes two of them. Two of them, yeah. Almost three of them. I mean, one could say riots reasonably wasted as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you're gonna follow this this storyline of like the planet of the symbiotes, which was one of the comics that they they pulled from. There are a lot of interesting, cool, visually cool symbiote villains 
in the Marvel lore, in the Spider-Man lore. And instead of giving us like, oh, I got to fight this crazy, you know, symbiote. And then I got to fight this crazy symbiote. They kind of just waste two of them and they kill them. Like, oh, well, that symbiote died. Like the yellow one just died. And then the blue one just died. And they and and then there's Riot and Venom. And I thought that on, on one hand, like you can't give Venom like you got to give them mercenaries to fight. You got to give them regular guys to fight because it's a brand it's a brand new thing. Right. Yeah. So he's got to start with the low level thugs. On the other hand, when you look up some of these symbiote uh, uh, villains like Scream, who is the yellow symbiote, um, like that's cool. That's like yellow venom with crazy wide hair and it's a it's a it's a lady venom and the homeless lady uh donna diego who dies in the film actually is the character of scream and so like that's missed opportunities for me um the the nice thing about it though again and i don't know that this was intent or just sony kind of lucking into it is they never gave those names out of no. those symbiotes so they never said scream they never said you know, I'm looking at some of the names of them. They never said agony or dread face or toxin or anti venom. Right. Like there was never those names gave given. But they out. didn't just burn through them. So they didn't burn them like we've seen other movies by Sony do, where they <laughs> waste a character and kill them off or right. resolve that storyline quickly without ever using them. Right. A la pick your random X-Men that you'd like to talk about. Oh, God. Um, but it, they don't paint themselves into that corner. The only symbiote we for sure lost was Riot. Right. And, and even then, I'm sure you could f come up with find a, way a way to, to bring them back. Find a bring them back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, that those were big issues with the film. And then, again, just in general, like, this is a weird film. Like, it's disconnected from everything, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's just, it's a throwback. It's old school. Like, there isn't a depth to the plot. There isn't anything that makes the villain interesting. There isn't anything that makes the relationship with Michelle Williams all that interesting. Other than they're all decent people to one another. Sure. Um, the soundtrack. Ludwig Göransson does the soundtrack. Did Black Panther. One of my favorite soundtracks of the year. This soundtrack has, like fucking electric guitars and stuff like 2003 ghost rider and 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 Gorenson was going for that but it's like this is a superhero soundtrack that doesn't have a powerful theme there's nothing memorable about it i listened to it a couple times wasted wasted opportunities you know um what do you think about the look of the film overall like what do you think of the look of because there's good cgi and there's bad cgi yeah. what do you think of uh, Where would you classify this on the CGI uh, scale? <laughs> I mean, on one hand, like I actually really liked and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this as well. But I like the way that the symbiotes were um, displayed on their own, mm -hmm. like when they're like up against the glass and stuff like I thought that was good stuff. But like Venom looks fake half the time, like and it's hard to do. He's like this slimy black tumor of a character like how do you make that look real and spider-man 3 did it by giving it slight texture mm -hmm. but in this one he looks like literally an eel sure. um the the final battle between riot and venom was actually more to me um more understandable than i was concerned about i was concerned that it was just going to be really really hard to follow and there are parts of it like when they're running along the platform mm -hmm. it's way too close you really don't get a good geography of the action. No. But once they wind up on the platform, 
it's kind of okay. Like when Riot rips Venom off of Eddie Brock, like I'm into that. Like that's okay. Yeah, I'm the, into that. The long platform that seemed to be never ending um, was a little rough. Yeah. The leading towards the actual yeah. ship itself was yeah. a little rough. It was hard to figure out which one was which. Uh, like when Eddie's face suddenly turns into Venom when he like yells at his neighbor, I'm like, that's some fucking 2002 stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but how did you feel about it? Did it? I mean, obviously some of it was not good, but was it effective? Yeah, I mean, I think it got the job done. Again, my the only part where I felt like it it hindered the movie was in that final fight scene. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how on. you make Venom look more realistic without losing the fact that this is a symbiote. This is in right. essence an alien. Um, and so I don't think you want to lose that like crazy crazy look of Venom. Uh huh. And so I don't think you had much choice there. It's always going to stand out kind of goofy in there. Um, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's a weird character. It's a weird character design. Like, everything about this movie is so weird. So one more question to throw at you. What would you think of, because uh, there's been some talk on the internet about it, what would okay. you think of Tom Hardy's accent in the movie? I actually didn't mind it, because, like, if you think about all of his other accents, like, you think everything except Inception. Mm-hmm. You think about Dark Knight Rises. You think about The Revenant. You think about the shit that he does where he is borderline indiscernible. I understood everything that he said as a human, as normal Eddie, although his his accent itself is suspect. It's well, they give the backstory of they were in New York and they had right. to leave New York. Right. Um, because of whatever happened. He got his run last out job. of the of the news town there. So, so they, he's got a little New York. They they give him a little bit of New York, which also can, you know, open the door obviously to tie backs to Spider Man right. and all that kind of stuff too. Right. But it's it's I don't know that it's New York. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it almost makes it that much more interesting. You made the you made the comment about how people are talking about like Johnny Depp in Pirates. Like, right. I don't know that anybody really knew what accent that was. It no, didn't didn't come off as pirate. No, like it didn't come off as drunken sailor. Even <laughs> it came off as who is this character? It's and, Captain and, Jack Sparrow. And I don't know that I'll put the. Perf- I mean, it's. That was an Oscar-nominated performance. It was. And we should not forget that. So that's why I'm like, I don't know that we can elevate Tom Hardy's performance in this movie I don't to think that so. <laughs> level. But I think there is something when it is not kind of like your just traditional like accent and it's something that you actually notice. Right. Sometimes it does endear you a little bit more to the character. And, it and does. to me, it didn't take away anything. And I liked his performance as Venom too. Like I said earlier, Venom is a smart ass in this movie. Like Venom's whole motivation for wanting to be a hero is that uh, I'm a loser on my planet. <laughs> like I suck kind of like you. And if all the symbiotes come here or symbiotes or whatever, if they all come here, then I'm a loser again. But yes. if they don't come here, I'm cool. Yep. So fuck them. Like that's interesting. It's yeah. weird, but and, it's interesting. And that leads into my favorite moments. My answer for my favorite moments of this film are whenever those two are talking, whenever yeah. Venom and Tom Hardy are talking, I will say the one scene that, was by far the most memorable to me of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And it may be the same for you is the restaurant scene. Yep, I was going to say that yep. when he goes into the restaurant and you have the, the crazy dialogue of what's happening in his head, what's happening with Michelle Williams. It's and, really and madcap Dan. and funny. Like it's funny when he gets in the freaking lobster tank, <laughs> like all of it is, Oh, I'm is, okay now. This is better. <laughs> all of it is just really funny. And that scene 
above all, I feel like shows Tom Hardy like 100% committed committed to this room. He's doing physical comedy. He's doing like apparently he improved the climbing into the lobster tank, and they needed to bring in fake lobsters. Because Tom Tom was like, I need to bite a head off a lobster. And they don't have that shit on set. They had to fly that in or whatever. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, literally all the moments where he's... Even at the end, which is... What's really funny is that, much like a couple of other movies that, that we've talked about, like, a, let's say, Jurassic World, um, some of the movie's final scenes are in the trailers, mm-hmm. are... The biggest selling points of the trailer is like the scene where he threatens that thug and says, yep. I'm going to bite your arms and legs off. That's at the end of the film. The 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 phrase where he says, the way I see it, Eddie, we can do whatever we want. That's the last line of the movie. Um, but that really that I mean, it makes the movie. But that here's, relationship here's makes the it. difference. I feel like with this movie versus like a Jurassic different context world, is that you watch the trailer. To me, at least I watch the trailer of Venom. I think Venom is a bad guy okay. when I watch that movie. Interesting. Like, I see him going to bite people's heads off. Sure. I see him... He's threatening people. Like, in the trailer, you don't know that that guy in the... Like, it looks like that guy's just a random shopper oh, in a grocery store. Oh, that's an interesting point. And so... Well, I think you're giving that guy a lot of credit, but... I mean, it's not like... It, it's like... He doesn't look like a nice man. Well, I mean, he doesn't... He, when you see him, he's in his, like, quivering, yeah, like, no scared of him. Yeah, there's no context. So, like, you don't really know whether he's good or bad. You don't see a gun in his hand or anything like that. Right. So, um, I think everything from the trailer, to me at least, um, you don't really know, like, is Venom good or bad? And sure. I And I think, obviously, you read the spoilers, so you knew what you were going into ahead of time. Sure. But I did not, and I didn't know where they were taking it, because from the comics, because this is such a rich character from the comics... They could have gone a lot of different directions with how this character was going to be. They could have made, and Tom Hardy has played plenty of bad guys before. Like, you didn't have to make this character, Venom, a good character. Um, But really, he is like an anti-hero in this movie. He's like the Punisher. I mean, let's not forget, he's still biting people's heads off. But only bad people. But only bad people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's talk about the mid credit scene. Let's wrap this up with the mid credit scene. Okay. mid credit scene happens where um, Tom Hardy, who was a uh, investigative journalist, had a, his own TV show, which I actually liked, um, says, I'm going to pivot to the written word, which in 2018 is a bad career move, number one. <laughs> Got to point that out. But number two, he, he gets a big interview, and he goes to San Quentin, and he comes in, and he interviews Cletus Cassidy. For those of you who don't know, Cletus Cassidy is the character who gets his own symbiote and it becomes Carnage. And Carnage is literally the super duper psycho evil version of Venom. He's red. He does all the things Riot can do. He can turn his his body into sharp weapons and shit. And it's Woody Harrelson in a distractingly red wig. <laughs> um, and don't they even call him red? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, number one, remember, Ruben Fleischer worked on Zombieland with Woody Harrelson. He's got a history with Woody. Um, He cited, uh, uh, oh, God, natural born killers Mm -hmm. as the reason to where, and this is a direct quote, Woody was the first and only choice to play this character because you can see just how deranged he can be in something like a natural born killers. 
And the thing about Woody is that we've talked about Woody in on this podcast. We've talked about how you you can get goofy comedy Woody, and then you can get serious actor Woody. Uh, three billboards. Three Woody. billboards Woody. Yeah. I have not seen, nor did I buy, crazy psychopath Woody in the three minute sequence. I'm all for it. I'm I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm all for it. <laughs> it's like the perfect blend of both sides of him. Goofy. Yeah. And serious. <laughs> blended into psychopath. It's perfect for me. He's a mass murderer. He's he literally like bites the tip of his finger off and writes welcome Eddie on his cell in blood. Like it's it's kind of fucked up, but the wig is a is an issue. The issue is the wig. The wig is the worst part of it. But the thing is that I think at least people don't always think of like people may be like Woody Harrelson playing like a, a big bad guy. You got to remember, he's going to be completely CGI'd when he's merged he's, with the symbiote. Yeah. So when he is carnage. So from that standpoint, like the look and the believability of the the person themselves being this big bad guy sure. is not an issue I for mean, me when they're going to end up being completely covered in cgi anyway so yeah but he's gonna have his he's gonna have his moments of like you don't cast woody harrelson just to put him in all cgi but it, it's it's not like you are stuck with that wig moving forward to the movie people no. get haircuts all the time so not for I'm, nothing but all the pictures are like he's got pretty fucking stupid looking red hair in the well, comics and, that, and that's why you're kind of stuck with it but again i think we can tone it down a little bit it looked like freaking Ronald sure. McDonald almost. So anyways, I, I'm You're I'm excited in. for it. I would be in for it. And again, I think it comes back to more where I stand with this film as a whole in that I would gladly watch another two hours of Tom Hardy and Venom together as would on I. screen. As would I. And not only would I gladly watch two hours of Tom Hardy and Venom on screen again, but just like you, I would gladly watch two hours of them fucking going tete-a-tete with Woody-ass Harrelson in full-blown bananas mode. Absolutely. <laughs> like, this movie is weird. Imagine how weird that movie would And be. I'm all for it. I mean, we get enough of the, like, standard superhero movies out there i would love for like just a really weird just two crazy performance storyline driving this movie absolutely i'm in i'll be there i'll be there for sure so uh, but i don't want it if they have to recast no if they we have recast, to if they I'm have done. to recast if tom hardy doesn't come back for a sequel like you said this movie's gonna make bank this by the time this what podcast comes out we'll know just how much money it's making but it made a hell of amount of money in its Thursday previews. It's going to be number one for the weekend. Whether or not it maintains that number one status with all of the big movies coming out is going to be a question. But you, you and I both said like you think we think we're going to hit about 150 million domestic, probably 300 plus, 300 worldwide. plus worldwide. That should be enough. Like this movie only costs 100 million. It should be enough to get us a weird ass Venom sequel. I like it, and we'll be there for it. Sony will find a way to mess that one up. Uh, I hope not. not. Well, see. We'll see what happens. Maybe but it'll be Marvel by then. 
but <laughs> maybe it will be. Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, as always, do us a favor. You can get this podcast for free, delivered to you on your smart device. Just hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Share us with your friends, with your family, anybody who can be a good movie buddy along with us. Go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, for all of our latest articles, Oscar predictions, and episodes. And then, of course, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet, for all of the newest announcements from us and some other cool stuff, movie trailers, movie news. We throw it all on there. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.